Hi there everyone, welcome to another episode of DQ Chats. Uh, my name is Matt Kapelke, I'm a member of the DQ Committee for 2021, and today we're discussing anxiety and in particular how it affects performing arts students uh, in the classroom. Uh, to discuss this with me, I'm joined by Tavia Seymour, another member of the DQ Committee this year, and I guess we might as well kick it off by saying, Tavia, how did you become interested in this particular topic? So just as a bit of um, a sort of a framework, uh, it is actually something um, that uh, People, researchers and academics are noticing that there is actually an increase in society um, of anxiety, and I think you probably would all know that through um, COVID has not helped with that. But some of this actually comes from just uh, a social media lifestyle where kids are seeing the best people in the world uh, in their feeds, and so they feel a little bit uncomfortable about putting something out there that isn't perfect. Um, and so uh, what we need to, to help them so that they can feel comfortable performing imperfectly uh, is to have a few tools. So Matt, uh, what, what's, a, what's a, your thoughts on this or a tool that you might use? Uh, yeah, thanks, Tavia. It's certainly something that uh, I've noticed has become an increasing um, concern in the classroom over the last um, several years. <clears throat> yeah, partly, I think, because of the rise in social media. But I think the, the key word I wanted to sort of latch onto in what you said just now is that con concept of it has to be perfect. Because one of the things I've noticed, and this is not just in the drama classroom, but I've seen it in film and television classrooms, I've seen it in music classrooms, in dance classes. Um, so it's definitely happening in English, which is my other area. Yeah, and th this idea that students are hesitant to show the teacher their work in progress because, and this is the wonderful phrase um, that kids seem to rely on in this scenario is, but if you, if I show you it now, sir, you're going to judge me. And that's, that's what kind of piqued my interest in this, this mm. notion that students are um, mm. more often than not now misconstruing our desire to see their work and to offer them guidance and feedback as actually a judgment on them as a person. So I think mm. for me, that's the starting point from, of, of my kind of interest in this topic. That makes me think of uh, going all the way back to uni where, and I think it is actually in our syllabus, where we're unusual in our subject and that we are recognised as being artists as well and that sometimes we work as artists with our students in that process, there's a back and forth process. You can think of devising when you may be doing college drama or something else like that. So, yeah, that's a, maybe it's a, that's an idea uh, it hadn't occurred to me, but maybe it's an idea to refresh with my students and introduce them to that, I get to play too. Yeah, it's, it's um, I did a, I've, over the years I've done many a process drama and uh, the students always get a lot more excited about that, I think because you are, as teacher are taking on a role in that as well. Mm -hmm. And they're always really, like when you first tell them about the concept of a process drama and you say, well, I'm going to be in role as well. And they're like, mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you mean? You're going to be acting with us? And so I think that that's, that sometimes reduces that barrier for entry because mm. you sometimes get some amazing work out of the kids in that sort of space um, and they're not worried about being judged because I think they see you doing it as well. I mean, I know myself when I've been in process dramas, I'm freaking out because I want to do a good piece as well. Uh, so maybe I'm part of the problem, not the solution. <laughs> I think, yeah, by being there, we're giving them permission. I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, my kids are never nervous when we do the, the big extended improvisations. Um, well, initially they might be, but they really, you see this 
the amazing confidence even in the non-anxious kids. So that's a really good point. Um, so what is something you do? Okay, so you know that kids don't want to see their work being judged um, or perhaps they don't want to present in front of others. What are some things that you do to, to help them uh, overcome that? One of the things I've actually found useful, um, and this will be applicable on a school-by-school -school basis depending on how your school's IT policy rolls out and devices, whether it's BYOT or one-to-one -one or whatever, um, but giving the students the opportunity to sort of say to them, look, why don't you just film this and then send me that video and then um, I will have a look at the work independent of the class and then send you via email some feedback and then we can talk about that email in the next class. And the reason why I think that works particularly well is, well, for a couple of reasons. One, it means the students themselves then have a copy of what they did. So I encourage mm. them to watch it themselves and to have a sense of what it looks like from the audience's perspective. Um, because I think we all know that sometimes students, they tend to end up in one of two areas. Their piece is either the worst thing ever and they are unhappy with everything or they think it's perfect. There's yeah. <laughs> a middle ground where bits are working and bits aren't. So giving them that opportunity to watch it back but then I think the advantage there is is that you're not necessarily sitting there watching them in the classroom directly, mm. uh, and then they kind of know that they can experiment. And more often than not, they might try two or three recordings before they've got one that they're happy with. So I found that works particularly well with, with nervous students. Yeah, that's really good because we're kind of entering their very curated world for mm. some of these kids then where they're actually having control, a little bit of control over what they they're like, all right, I'm happy with it, so I'll give this to you. I'm maybe not happy with it, but I, where I'm at now, I will give this to you. Yeah, it's uh, not so much a case that they're happy with. I think you're right there. It's, it's that this is not going to cause me intense embarrassment, yeah. and I'm not doing it in a, in a forum where I'm being actively watched by the teacher. Yeah, that's some of that pressure. Yeah. Um, what about you? I, I've you definitely gotta... found this year, like, uh, because I've, because of COVID, yeah. I had the fear of snap lockdowns. Uh, I have been more proactive about taking videos, just a process work. And I've actually found it's been so great to watch the video with the students actually at the same time. And they kind of do the, oh, yeah, that moment. You kind of almost don't need to do as much analysis because they're evaluating going, oh, no, I see that. Or I haven't noticed that before, but I'm seeing, yeah, I'm speaking way too fast there or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, I think video recording in general, I mean, it's something we've always done. I mean, especially at a senior level, because we had to have video evidence to send off to panel or for uh, confirmation now. It's uh, it's something that senior students are very familiar with. I think I've always ha had a policy of you record assessment right from the, the youngest grades, like grade seven, grade eight, depending on when your school starts it, so that they get familiar with that idea. Mm -hmm. Another big part for me then is in between the, pro, the, the, the the date of them doing the assessment and getting their results back, I think there always has to be a, a, a lesson in there where they get to watch the recording of their performances that have been assessed and getting them to do a, a self-appraisal on the work, yeah. uh, particularly now that they really seem to like the, the language of the ISMGs and understand it better than the old A to E criteria. Yeah. Um, that way then, when they get their result back, they've gone through that process of understanding what they look like and what they sounded like on stage. And I think that reduces some of the anxiety around perform performance-based assessment, uh, because that's also the other big point of anxiety for students in the classroom. It's not just the teacher watching and giving feedback, but it's the, oh my goodness, what's my grade going to be? And, and yes. things around that. 
And if they've self-reflected and they've gone, yeah, I, I didn't exploit time, place and symbol uh, just to pick a criteria randomly, um, that can make it a little less on the teacher when they get it back. Um, one practice I do just on this video recording, because I'm the same as you, I actually do record from year seven onwards, um, is I show students work from older grades, and I'm sure I'm not the only teacher doing that. One, two, go, here is an exemplar or an example of what you're about to go into. But also so they're like, oh, the older kids are being, you know, they're performing, they're being recorded. There's, they're sort of part of this drama world, this community of people who are doing this drama thing. And it, because it, it can be a little bit, you know, we're just in our grades sometimes. And particularly during COVID, when they're not seeing as many, I try to invite them to, you know, performances, but we haven't been able to do this this year very much. Um, so they, again, still feel like they're part of a drama community. Yeah, that's certainly been a, a, a big thing the last two years with COVID is not being able to expose them to those external performance opportunities. Yeah. They can see what um, other pieces are like and particularly because, I mean, I know I've always tried to have that approach of if you're not necessarily just for assessment, but if you're doing a particular unit, say um, absurdism, and there is an absurdist show on that you can take them to, it gives them that opportunity to see um, not so much this is what you have to do because that's a professional production, but it helps to reinforce them what is being talked about in the classroom. And then I always used to appreciate, like, you have the bus ride home and they'd all be chatting about it. Oh, my God, yes. did you see where they did that? And that's what we did in class the other day and, and so on. And so much fun. Yeah, I saw Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with um, our music and our dance teacher and some performing arts students recently. And it was a really fun conversation to have with the students and, and the and the other teachers to get, we were all looking at it from, you know, the perspective of like drama and then from music and then from dance. Um, and that was actually a really nice community conversation because they were appreciating the arts, um, not just drama, but what happening in the other arts. Um in terms of, say you've got a kid in the classroom and they're like, I'm not performing. Uh, you know, they'll do the rehearsal, they've been working on it, but they're like, no, nah, I'm not going to, not going to perform in front of people. What do you do? Oh, boy, you've just triggered me now because I'm thinking <laughs> of times in my career that that's happened. It's, uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one um, because you are dealing in that moment um, with a, a whole bunch of factors. Uh, mm. On the one hand, you're thinking, oh, my goodness, I've got this two-hour block in exam block time that I've got to get this assessment done. Mm. Uh, and it's just like, why can't you just do it? Um, and, and so on. So you've got those sort of thoughts running through your head. But at the same time, you're – there's that element of you definitely need to support the student who is in a in a in a bad place at that time. I don't actually know if I have a a, a definitive solution to that one. I, I know that generally speaking, what I try to do is um, I think a big part of that is just talking to the student. Um, mm. I I find that classes tend to be really supportive of those kids. Yeah. Uh, and so being able to sort of just say to the class. Um, the student who doesn't want to perform might step outside because they're feeling emotional, maybe they're crying or something, and just sort of being able to leave that class in there for a couple of minutes so that you can step out with them, with the other student, and kind of just talk to them, um, I think sometimes can, can calm them down because they've maybe seen a, a group perform already in that session that's doing the same extract as them and mm -hmm. really good um, and now they're concerned that their piece isn't going to be as effective. For me, that conversation usually covers things like you've been working on this for a few weeks, you know I've seen 
rehearsals in class, being able to sort of say to them in a general sense that um, the piece is up to a standard that you're not going to, to fail it, to mm. use their favourite words, um, is, is I think sometimes reassuring. I, I also find like you might say to the student, look, what if we took everybody out of the room and you just mm -hmm. have people in there? Sometimes helps. Yeah. Uh, really extreme ones, it might be that you organise an independent time um, where they come in on a lunch break with mm. one or two hand-picked friends that um, that they're very close to, sometimes gives them that security blanket. Because mm. uh, I think the big part there is, is, the, is the notion that once the scene gets going or the performance gets going, you, I, I know I'm always very conscious of you can sort of feel their tension and stress levels rising mm -hmm. yeah. as the piece goes on. Um, and so it does sometimes get to a point where you are watching this thinking, okay, you're over the, the, the minimum time requirements, so mm -hmm. we've, we've got evidence now and, and so on. Um, but, yeah, that, that's definitely a, a tricky one. How, how have you dealt with it? I'm curious to see if you've got anything. Well, very, very similarly, everything you've just said with the, ah, and the, why, and the, oh, you poor kid. Yeah, you definitely, particularly when a kid is, you know, they're white or they're shaking and or they're, they're just, they're, you can just, you can kind of tell the ones who are like, putting it on a bit compared yeah. to once there's genuine distress and you just go, okay, we need some time out. So that's definitely one. Um, what you talked about in having done rehearsals in class, so sometimes, and, and referring back to what you've done already. Um, one thing I love to do is, uh, and it probably comes from a, just the framework we have in my school, uh, is it's really about, it's about growth, uh, is I try to challenge them just to take a small step forward. So if I'm like, okay, absolutely, I'm not doing it at all. Okay, you're not doing it at all. All right. And like you, yeah, can I, is there one person we can do it in front with or can we do it at another time? Like I, I try to have that conversation of, just stepping them a bit forward from what they absolutely can't do um, to what they might be able to do. And, and often it is this real, you, can, you actually find you can get a bit much further than they thought they could. Um, mm. and often it's like, I just don't want the boys watching me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that that's particularly in the younger grades, that's a real thing where it's just there might be some other factors going on with, you know, the stuff in the playground that, you can't completely get it out of the classroom. And I, you know, I kind of get that, you know. Um, so particularly in younger grades, I have a lot of negotiating. Um, what I probably try to do is preempt the this getting to being a problem is by having lots of rehearsals, like lots of opportunities to show bits and pieces in class and to have practices beforehand so that they're getting their confidence building up to being able to, to show, um, and it's one one idea, and it took me years to figure this out, is actually just giving them lots of check steps and adequate preparation time. Because yeah. I think sometimes the reason they don't want to perform is they just know they're going to suck. They don't know their lines. Of course they don't want to perform. I wouldn't want to perform if I didn't know my lines. Yeah. Um, and um, Or they're just some of, some of those factors of this lack of preparation or knowing they haven't applied the convention. So I think when we support our students, by, you know, addressing the criteria through, you know, really focused this lesson, we're going to focus on this convention and this lesson, we're going to focus on this part of the ISMG um, or this element that is key to the criteria. Um, so there's, it's been really targeted and they, they've, you know, they they know that they've addressed it um, and that they, you know, I, I really try to get lines learnt early. Um, so that, some of that stuff that where they're like, well, I can, at least I can just get up and say the lines. Yeah. Um, 
is it's something that it does. I've found that the more I've done that, the more it has preempted it. But that said, you know, even with doing all those things, I, I certainly still have students who just go, yeah, nah. um, and yeah. you you go, all right, well, I'm going to get some, particularly when you've got maybe a class production or something happening, you just go, okay. I just I take all the stress out of it and go, it's okay. Someone else can read in. Audiences are very understanding um, and do exactly what you said. You just do it in another time or in another, another context or with less audience. Yeah, and I think um, the other addition to that scenario is, um, and again, this particularly happens, I think, um, in that kind of eight, nine, and ten is you mm. Kids know that there's a due date for the assessment. Okay, this in week nine, we're going to be doing the assessment performances, and um, you know that there's going to be that one student who just doesn't turn up for that for that week because they are avoiding um, avoiding the assessment, um, which then creates the the flip side scenario that I've encountered. Uh, whereby the other group members who are there become extremely anxious about yes. getting their performance done. And as you said, things like having another student read in and, and so on um, can help in, in some of those instances because, yeah, it's not just necessarily the kid who's actually feeling extremely anxious about their assessment. It's mm. not an effect then that has, that has in a group environment is, is something we need to manage as well. And pretty early, like in the process, like being as drama teachers is such a big part of our job is group dynamics. Yeah. That's the hardest part, I think. Um, and just really watching that stuff early and, and, you know, brainstorming early on, particularly if a group has got a group member, they're like, mm, this kid. Um, some of the other things, um, that I do is obviously create a culture where it's okay not to be perfect. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about that and unpacking that as a class. Um, are there any things you do in that sort of area that just sort of, you know, that idea of it's, yeah, it's okay to, to, to fail? Yeah, I think um, that's, that's a really good point. Um, and for me, the, the thought I immediately had while you were saying that um, was it kind of re reminds us why warm-up games are so important. Oh, yeah. Because it's it's very easy, I think, sometimes to um, – you might just quickly do a, a warm-up at the start of the lesson because that's how we know we should start a drama class. But making sure that you've got a balance not just between vocal and physical warm-ups and so on, but mm -hmm. also those ensemble skills because creating that safe space – environment uh, oh. is so important I think in terms of making sure that if you put the the hard yards in as the teacher developing that and and that means you also taking part in, in games as well and, and showing yeah. them that I mean I would say that of all the times I've hurt myself as a teacher in the last 20 years more often than not it's because I'm a 40 year old person who has gone and um, injured myself being an idiot in a in a warm up game, which the Absolutely. kids think is hilarious. Um, so I think that you sort of put that time in in class in in the weeks and months leading up to assessment that can help to bolster that sense of sense of safety and as you said that it's okay not to be perfect all the time. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good note to sort of land on. Is we're creating a place where kids can be vulnerable where they know that the other kids around them are going to be supportive and not going to pay them out if they make a mistake or forget a line or whatever. I think, um, and that's why our subject is so awesome. Yeah. Um, it should take it because it's a place where they, they, they're safe, they can be vulnerable, they can share, you know, their successes and their failures with each other. Um, any other final thoughts you want to add before we, we wrap this thing up? Um, 
Not, not not any huge thoughts other than to say I think that this is my, my hope with this um, episode of the, of, the, of the potty is that we're able to hopefully start a, a bit of a conversation around performance anxiety and mm-hmm. this might be something that people start discussing um, in their teaching groups or in, in other forums and so on because yeah. I think it's there's no one strategy that I think works yeah. for everybody and everyone's going to have strategies that have worked for them. So I think, uh, yeah, it'd be awesome to, to see some um conversations around this and maybe they make their way into news sheet or dq news or something at, at some future point yeah and might be a good one for people to just have in the, their staff room as well just get yeah. out what are the teachers doing um and on the news sheet yeah so there are a few other points in um the last edition of news sheet that people can check out if you want to know a bit more about this i'm just going to turn my phone to silent um and uh if you have ideas or suggestions that come out of your staff room chats we would love to put them in news sheets. So definitely um, contact us at Drama Queensland and we will, um, yeah, uh, put them in there. So thank you so much, Matt, for this great conversation. I have definitely, um, definitely taken some of those ideas and putting them back into my, just being reminded even of the importance of warm-up games. Um, so thank you so much. My pleasure. It's been a great chat.